0: This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Today's episode is sponsored by Organifi, the world's best superfoods company. Visit Organifi.com and use coupon code SOBERLIFE at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Welcome back to another episode of the Sober Life audio Audio experience
1: experience.
0: what up roman hey what's up brian good to have you in the house today yes it is it's a beautiful day to uh celebrate sobriety and talk about the sober life no doubt man and today we have another special guest we're continuing to have these epic special guests aren't we dude i
1: feel like we're killing it (laughs) yeah we are not to blow you up and and blow me up but i I feel like we're killing it man (laughs) and i think it's in part due by the guests that we're bringing on the show yes you know and today we we have the honor and privilege of sitting down with dennis martinez how you doing what up, dennis? up man yeah. i'm just gonna follow you guys as lead <laughs> <laughs> do perfect, it perfect do so it. dennis um before we start a show with the guests we we typically start with three questions mm-hmm. question number one you ready ready what is your vision
2: what is my vision Mm yeah prison reform and recovery that's Mm -hmm. my that's my uh vision
0: boom (laughs) prison reform in 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 what way
2: um changing what happens to guys on the inside prepare them for uh exit when they come out and then be able to be productive members of society here out out as a free person
0: Nice. nice
1: damn that's wonderful that that must be like a uphill battle though right
2: uh it is, but um i I've been doing this a long time, and so a lot of the guys inside the prison, like a level four like Pelican Bay, they know me as the skateboard dude, so mm-hmm, right. I use my uh my past status as a world and u s skateboard champion. I use that as um as a platform for me to speak to them, and you know I've gained the trust of them awesome, yeah. and
0: that's really yeah. important. Having I that saw. trust, using that skateboard legacy—that's right—to rock and roll. Yeah, we get to get all the way into that today. Yeah. I love. I can't wait to dive there. Good. So, question number two: What do you
1: love?
2: What do I love? I love my daughter. I'm a um, um, I'm a single dad, and uh, my daughter. I have two stepsons, but I uh, uh, from of my ex-wife but my daughter is with me all the time and that's my uh that's my life right now so yeah. everything we do she's my best friend and i'm her best friend
0: awesome uh, how old is she dennis
2: she's 15 going on 30 oh shit
0: <laughs> oh shit we saw that is this the episode two of that movie huh? that is the episode <laughs> two yeah.
2: and
1: three and four <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah, that's amazing man i definitely relate to that absolutely um, question number three what is one book that has greatly impacted or changed your life? The
0: Bible. And No hesitation. No hesitation. Now, you That's were it. ready for that.
2: I was ready. Well, I don't know, because I don't know what questions you got to ask. Right, yeah. When I heard you said book, I said, oh, this is going to be a good one. Yeah. Bible.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. What? Uh, where were you introduced? What happened there? Was that something you grew up with, or was that something that you ended up- Negative, that, negative. Did yep. it come to you in a way? It
2: came to me because of my lifestyle, you know, the way I was right. living as a drug addict and got it. stuff, so- I needed uh-huh. need redemption, I needed forgiveness, and I found it through Him, and so that's what I've been doing ever
0: since. Perfect. That's right amazing. on. Awesome. Dennis, uh, I just want to acknowledge you and thank you for coming on today. Why don't we kind of go in and give our listeners a little bit of background, a little bit of context— kind of for you, uh, are you a local San Diegan? Or, or What's a little bit of background yeah, for you like, so we can kind of take you? the picture a little uh, bit?
2: America's finest city. That's all For all the listeners out there, <laughs> it's about 75 degrees. I don't know where you're at right
1: now, but yeah. we're in America's finest city, so I'm a San Diegan. Yeah, yes. it's, it's December 13th, That's yeah, right. baby. and it is sun, sunny and beautiful outside. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not mad.
0: <laughs> so you, you, you grew up here skateboarding. It's been yeah, big. what's, uh, what's that about? And, yeah, tell us tell us a little bit more about that. Tell us a little bit. I mean, what did you start smoking a little bud first? Was it was it drinking alcohol and kind of get into that a little bit too?
2: Well, it, it definitely started with the alcohol, but then it yeah. progressed after that to uh, cocaine, and then it, it went into marijuana. But you know, hanging around with all the best skaters in the world, you know, m- you know, I was right. a youngster hanging out with them. I saw what the pros did, and so if that's what pros did, that's what I was going to do too. That was just the lifestyle,
1: right? And you were a professional skater, right? You were on tours?
2: Yeah, professional skater, still am. 47 years in the industry and uh, um, been doing it a long time. Uh, We're the pioneers. I mean, skateboarding came out in the 50s, you know, and and stuff. But really, when skateboard really changed was in the early 70s, mid-70s, and that was my era, the mid-70s. Right. 74, 75, 76. And then as when you turn pro, then after that, a few years after that, you know, but the change of skateboarding happened in the, those years.
1: Right. And what that look like? You guys were all going on tours, doing, you know, contests. Well, let right? me tell you
2: what that looked like. Yeah. Metal wheels. Yeah. Okay, metal <laughs> skateboard wheels. Okay. okay. And then from that to clay wheels. You know, with the ball bearings. And then from clay wheels, it went to urethane when the urethane, you know, Cadillac wheels came out. Yeah. So that era from the skinny boards to the fat boards. I mean, so that's my era. So that's the change of skateboarding. huh? Absolutely. And that's when skateboarding started to blow up. The thing about skateboarding is uh, a lot of people don't know – but the people that are in it a long time do skateboarding had like a four year peak and then dropped four year peak and then dropped. And so we could never really get, um, get solid as a sport until skaters owned the, you know, our own companies Right. because a lot of people came in and made, you know, made money off us, you know, Mm -hmm. people made millions off us. And then when the, uh, the, you know, when the, um, it just, Got rough and stuff like that, so they they would just bow out and stuff. Right. And so then, so skateboarding was like that until it became skater ran, is when it stayed at a steady pace. And so around nineteen seventy nine, skateboarding took a big dive. Right, a lot of us guys were out of a job. Um, by that time, my drug addiction mm-hmm. had taken over, and mm-hmm. you know, so everybody went a different path.
1: Is this mm. like? For those that are listening that maybe aren't familiar with this this lifestyle, is this kind of like Lords of Dogtown?
2: Yes, I, that's my era, Lords of Dogtown. Right. Tony Alva, Stacey Peralta, Jay Adams, you know, yeah. the list goes on.
1: All the <clears> Z-Boys, yes. The Z-Boys. Yes. Cool. So it was, uh, it's, uh, that seems like an exciting time.
2: Well, it is. I, I would even say it's probably the, uh, the golden years of skateboarding. I mean, when we go to events right now, we kind of, uh, us legends, us older guys, kind of kind of mock the younger guys now <laughs> that, they, you know, when they go to an event, they don't have that camaraderie like right. we do. I mean, everybody is skating to the extreme, I'll give them that. This is a new generation. I'm going to give them their props. Yeah. But we were more like really tight-knitted family, and we right. still are to this day. Nice. We lead the path as, you know, old school, as legends. You yeah. know, if somebody gets sick. Let's say somebody got sick. Uh, one of our boys got sick a couple years ago, and he was about on his deathbed. So. So a lot of us would go up to his house, change him, you know, washcloth and yeah. wipe him down and stuff like that, and change his clothes because his mom, eighty years old, can't do it. Flip yeah. him over. Right. So we were there until he passed. And wow. I said, "That's our sport. That's the kind of sport that you know that, that that I'm into right now."
1: Right. So you're young, traveling the world, skating with your group of dudes. Starting to pick up drug use, yep. and it escalated from there?
2: Yeah, it escalated from there. So, yeah. like I said, from alcohol, you know, Boone's Farm, Apple Wine. I mean, that Ooh, was... Yeah. So, that takes you Damn. way back. That's, okay. I mean, okay. Yeah, so it started out with that, and then, you know, you progress over to uh, cocaine, because that's what everybody was doing. I went to uh, Oregon, I think I was 15, 14 or 15, and I stayed at this guy's house, and he had like a trash can full of cocaine. You no know? way. Whoa. And so, that... Began my start, and then from there I went to marijuana. And I remember the first time I smoked, I didn't like; it spaced me out. Yeah. And then after that, you know, when you're high, you need something to bring you down. So that you know, marijuana became the the drug of uh, drug of choice, like the combination. So so you're
0: already traveling around, all around. Oh my god! Wow,
2: man! Young age, you know, and a lot of sponsors, making a lot of money, Mm -hmm. and then you know, the drug just took over and took over the love of my sport. It took over the love of my life, my family, everything.
0: So, so what? What happened? I mean, what what were some of the aha moments for you, like, experientially? What were some of the moments of clarity, if you will?
2: Aha moments in skateboarding or drugs?
0: Both. I mean, both, really. But, like, let's tie it into drugs here.
2: Okay. let's. Since that's the topic, let's tie it into that. Yeah. Like I said, being around the best skaters in the world, watching what they did. And then I, like myself was passed on to me, we passed it on down to the next generation like Christian Asoy, and the yeah. list goes on and there's right. some people that are not here anymore and mm. you know you have to live with those kind of choices that you made in the past right. but the aha moments are like when we showed up at competitions you know we, we really, I mean some of us didn't really care about the competitions mm-hmm. we just knew that it was time when all of us were going to get together and it was like one big family so those right. are the aha moments and those are the moments that we still talk about to this day you know mm-hmm. and uh, so those are some of the aha moments as far as exciting the aha moments are when a lot of my guys are are dead you know 85 percent of my era are dead because of drugs right and a lot of them passed away overdosed killed murdered Mm. uh some of them are still strung out some of them are locked up in prison and so, you know, we're talking about a, uh, something that's evil. We're talking about something that doesn't discriminate. We're talking about something right. that it kills, still, and destroys. Yeah. And, yep. you know, for me, when I talk about this and some people make make light of it or whatever like that, I look at it as an enemy. Mm-hmm. I'm right. attacking an, an, an enemy. Mm-hmm. And an enemy doesn't play fair. Right. And it, its only purpose is to take you down.
1: Mm-hmm. So so you, you talked about your vision being prison reform. Which led me to believe that maybe you have experience.
2: Well, the joke is, yeah, I'm I'm inked up and stuff like that, but I've never been to prison. Okay. My little brother went to prison. That was enough for me. But I've been to jail many times. Yeah. And uh, so all the crimes that I've done, I deserve to be in prison. So I think God put that... um, that burden on my heart to go in and yeah. i've been going in almost 19 years now and absolutely i love it i'm in the one of the most violent prisons in california it's yeah. a level four it's like pelican bay it's the pelican bay of southern california right mm-hmm. and uh you know 99 of the guys that i'm in contact with or i sit in classes with they're all first degree murders or double homicide or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah. i I'm, I'm not messing around with you know um cotton candy kind of people right and these guys at any given moment you know right could Break off, but because I'm in this right now, yeah. They've, you know, they see that I care, and so I'm allowed to speak to them in a way that most people can't speak to them because they they know who I am, right? They know that I care. And that um, I'm working real hard on the outside to change things for them, to make it easier for them when they come out. Because people mm-hmm. don't understand when they get out and they are coming out, mm-hmm. that if we don't educate them, get them prepared, then they're going to revert back to what they know. Right. And they same could end behavior. up taking the same behavior. They end up taking somebody that you care about right. and uh, or they might move in right next door to you. Yeah. So yeah. I, I definitely want these guys changed when they get out. And yeah. the big thing about this is over 80 percent of the people that are incarcerated were under the influence of a son. Whether right. it be alcohol or drugs, and yeah. so when that takes place, you have to deal with the issue. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, man. Yeah,
1: right. It's it's incredible. You know, I had a conversation a while back with your brother, and he told me something that like it got, it sparked my interest because it's something I believe in. And he and he was saying that this is kind of your motto that you live by, and I'm aligned to it. Is the salvation of others, right? Mm-hmm. And my question to you is, how did that look for you? Like, what, what events happened in your life where you decided to turn yourself around?
2: Everybody that's listening, if you've ever been addicted to drugs or you're in it now, are you guys going to hear the term rock bottom. Yeah, And uh, many of us had rock bottoms. Some people have one rock bottom and that's it. Yeah. Um, this guy here who's speaking right now is a knucklehead and he had multiple rock bottoms. Mm, and right. it took the rock of the rock bottoms to really rock this bottom of this guy. <laughs> and so in saying that, you Love know, that. it was a turn of events. Yeah, And uh, I think I was done being done. Mm. And uh, I've destroyed way too many lives. I've been around people that have died in my care and watched them die. And you know, and I can never, yeah. I can't right. change that ever again. That's why I'm so adamant of what I do and passionate of what I do. And when I treat it, when I hear people treat it softly, I'm, I'm, I'm aggressive when it comes yeah. to it. Yeah. I, get like that. I, said, I get that
0: from you it, definitely it
2: takes your life. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sick of going to funerals. I'm sick of doing funerals, and I'm sick of the young people now, the younger generations that even have yeah. it harder than we do. Yeah, and so we're taking the antidote. For instance, when you get bit by a rattlesnake or whatever poisonous snake it is, it's the very venom that's killing you. The very venom they use to save your life. Right. So we use that model when we go into the neighborhoods. We take the guys that destroy the neighborhoods, and we go back in and win the neighborhoods over.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so that same model here with the drugs. We're you know we're attacking it at every angle we wow. can.
0: Wow. Mm. So <laughs> damn. No, yeah. I, I get the sense of urgency, the sense of rigor, like the commitment and the passion in your voice. You can hear it in your in your ways of being. It's very clear. Um, you know, you'd mentioned the young people, and that's something that you know Roman and I take very personally. Being yeah. young people, and something we commonly come across is like, oh well, my life is over now that I'm sober. Like how? how like what like, am I supposed to do?
1: Like,
2: yeah, that's that's it. You because, know what I'm I mean, it took me about a year or two years to finally come out of the uh, the funk, so right. to say. Uh, that was uh, F U N K. I didn't cuss, just so you guys, if you were here, I just want to make sure you heard that right. But to come out of the funk, because you know everything I equated to having fun was getting high.
1: Yeah. yeah. And
2: so I had to come out of that and learn how to live life again. Everything that we've learned, we've been taught. If it's wrong, we can be untaught. And that's the motto. You have to be able to be teachable and and to learn Mm -hmm. a whole new way of living. Mm -hmm. I'm the same guy. I'm still crazy. I'm still radical. I just don't get high anymore. I don't Mm -hmm. rob anymore. I don't do those things anymore. But I'm the same guy. I'm the same aggressive, uh, same aggressive person that you're listening to right now.
1: And I'm glad you're saying that because like like Brian was saying, dude, Mm -hmm. these – and we work. We work with these young people. All the time and Constantly. like the common theme that we come across is like I don't like what am I supposed to do if I get sober? And it's like, dude, do you Which what we call natural high. Yeah. Right. Okay, so your endorphins and everything that comes out.
2: So like when you see a great movie that moves you, that's it moves yeah. you, that's endorphins, right? <laughs> right or right. as a guy we see a beautiful girl that moves us and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So we have to find our natural high. Mm-hmm. And for me, skateboarding. I mean, when yeah. I when I'm standing yeah. up top on a swimming pool right now at fifty eight years old and I'm looking down and my heart's beating, that's a natural high. I don't need yeah. to shoot dope to get that high anymore. I, I drop in and I'm like, Man, this <laughs> this oh. is a natural high and I don't come down off it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's the difference. A lot of people think you have fun on drugs. You do for a moment But once it comes down... it might be an upper, you might be on an upper, but eventually that upper turns to a downer. And so you have to understand that what you think is good for a moment, there's going to be a downer that comes out of it And then it's always the downer lasts longer than the upper part It's does. like
1: 20%, 80%. Absolutely. Yeah. 20%, yeah. I feel good, and then 80% trying yeah. to chase that and dealing yeah. with shit.
2: Yeah, and then when you talk to kids and everybody's, oh, man, it's cool, you'll like it, it's exciting, and it's got this great feeling. But they don't tell the truth right. because they're not excited experience in this and this is where we come in right. as the OGs and stuff. We have the number yeah. one youth diversion program in San Diego. Mm. And it's in Southeast San Diego and it's five parts it's five weeks and it starts off with the judge and probation. Right. Week number 2 we step it up with parole. And a probation I'm mean a parole agent and then week number three that's us and we bring in the lifers that have done 30 40 years straight in prison that maybe committed homicide had a drug problem so we come in and speak to the kids right. and then week number four we have mothers with a message you know these moms that yeah. their kids went out and uh, lost their kids to a gang homicide or at a party late at night being at the wrong place at the wrong time and they ended up getting killed and so they come out and speak and they speak to the parents and then you know the last one is my Friend, who's the uh, he's the chaplain of the uh, he, of the, the coroner, so he comes out the medical examiner, and what wow. he does is he pops up the latest deaths of the youth up on the screen, and a lot of kids will recognize; they'll say that was my cousin, or that's my uh, best friend, or that's somebody I know. And what he does is he 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 speaks from the grave; he puts the dead picture the picture of the dead oh, person up there, that. and then he tells the story. He tells the uh-huh. story how the person died the time that he died, what they were doing. And so our, 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 our program is hard-hitting. And then we take them into the uh, county morgue. So there'll mm-hmm. be about 300 bodies in there. So we have shock uh, shock and awe type of yeah. uh, things. Yeah. We don't scream at the kids We right. get enough of that at home. Right. Uh, we don't cuss at them because we want to set the example for them. Right. Um, we work with law enforcement. But, yeah, we're putting our work in, and we're seeing a great turn in our youth right now.
0: That's wow. amazing, man. What's this program called?
2: It's called. It's ours. Is called off the street. Okay, but it's ran through. Um, it's it's ran through Southeast uh, Police Department, Southeastern Police Department. Wow,
0: this sounds phenomenal.
2: Yeah, it is. It is phenomenal. And then we take tours to the prison. I take them to the Level Four prison, and they get a full tour inside him. They get locked up in the cell. They get that good old sack lunch. And, yeah, and then they listen to about twenty uh, uh, guys that uh, threw their life away, mm-hmm. and we all attack the drugs. Everyone yeah. that's in there, we attack the drugs because most of the kids we take are in the substance or have dabbled in the substance. Right. And a lot of times we don't let the parents come so that the kids
1: can really open up to us. Yeah, yeah. and just be
0: real. Yeah. And
1: that's that's amazing, dude. That's incredible.
0: And, you, you know, you started this, this talk today with trust, talking about how when you're able to go into these places, there's a level of trust that people are able to experience with you. And what just came back up for me was that ability for these kids to then have a level of trust, so that they can open up, so that they can be real, be vulnerable, and connect. Absolutely, because without that, nothing's gonna fucking change, man. Funking change, man. Yeah,
2: well, exactly what you're saying. Because a lot of the kids can't talk to their parents, and it starts always at home first. Yeah, no doubt. So when we do our youth diversion program, is as, as mad as the parents are by by law, which you know the judge and how we had it set up that the parents have to come. So what we do is we do ride alongs with the police department. Okay. We go out and we get after ten o'clock at night, there's a curfew and mm. nothing good happens out at night. You got human trafficking, you have abductions, right. you have all these things taking place. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we drive around, even the guys that just got out of prison will sit up in the front seat. Imagine that. Wow. Not sitting in the back with handcuffs, wow. but sitting in the wow. front <laughs> seat and we go around and we find these kids that are seventeen and under and you believe we get nine year olds, eleven year olds, one o'clock in the morning, what are they doing out there? And they're hanging out with twenty five year olds and Thirty-year-olds, they're being recruited by these uh, by these uh, yeah. drug dealers. They're being recruited by these gang members, Whoa. and so what we do is we pick, swoop them up off the off off the street. Instead of arresting them, we bring them to the substation, and then we call their parents. Their parents come in, and they're like bedazzled that right. they're my kids out this late. I thought you were over at Joey's house, and you know, and and <laughs> yeah. you know, the, you know the game because yeah. we were all in that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so when they get forced to come to our diversion program, or Get uh, get something on your on your on your on your rec. You get a record. The kid gets gets it on the record, and then you have to pay a five hundred dollar fine. Well, most of the parents where we're at in southeast San Diego, yeah. they didn't got five hundred dollars. So they go through our program, and when the first day they're there, they're upset and stuff. By the time we're done, they're shaking our hands and they're have Thank tears you. in their eyes, thanking us because yeah. the, the the realization of your kid could be gone in a matter of seconds. Do you know what your kids are up to, who they're hanging out with, mm-hmm. and where right. they're at? And so all this ties in with drugs. Right. Drugs dilute your mind, your thinking, and everything that's taking place. And so these kids, they go to these parties, and you'll hear about it. They'll bring gobs of uh, drugs and pour it into this you know, little yeah. uh, bucket, and then they got the booze, and they just reach in there not knowing what they're taking in their body. Yeah.
0: Right. And
1: these overdoses are
2: happening big time.
0: Left and right.
1: I mean, we see it all the time, dude. Brian and I, we have lost like 13 close friends this year, mm-hmm. and that's just in the past year. And it's like one of the things that we client, have
0: clients of ours. Even. Yeah.
1: the One of the things that we're so adamant about is really bringing the message and the knowledge to those people who are partaking in this because it's not it's not a glamorous lifestyle. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not something to, to be bragging about or post on social media. It's not it's not like that. You know, like this is a, a fatal and progressive illness right, right. That, we're, yeah. that we're messing with right it's worse. And, it's and the better. people need to know that but also they need help right because knowledge alone isn't going to do anything
2: no because i mean you can gain knowledge but if you don't put it in a practicality right. it, exactly it doesn't benefit you nothing and then i'm also gonna i'm gonna hold uh hollywood i'm gonna hold uh, uh, the music artist's uh, I'm going to hold them accountable for what they do because yeah. they're glorifying that
1: stuff as it should be. And, yeah, and right, yeah,
2: you know. But I was like that. I was a young kid. I was very influenced and stuff like that. But now I speak out against that. I mean,
1: they got you know one of the most popular songs this year, Molly Percocet, was like the over and over and over again. That that was the lyrics. Yeah. Molly Percocet, Molly right. Percocet, and think and ab- everyone's listening to well, it. Well, think
2: about how the, uh, 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 the, the hook, the hook line, yeah. like you just did right yeah. there. So imagine all day long at school, you're listening to that hook, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's designed that way.
1: Yeah, it's conditioning you. It,
2: mm-hmm. It's conditioning you for that, and then, you know, before it's too late, and then the kids are dying left and right. Here's some innovative stuff that we've done. This, yeah. Saturday, yeah. I ha- here, this Saturday, I have my ninth annual gun buyback. And so what I've done is uh, I have two big skateboard companies, including mine. Mine's not big, but (laughs) I work with the big skateboard companies, and I have about 200 skateboards. Right, And the 200 skateboards are probably worth three to $400. They're top of the line. They're the, nice. the longboards and stuff. Yeah. So what we're doing is doing the gun buyback. And so we're asking people to bring in their unwanted guns. I'm a Second Amendment person. Please don't hate on me. I'm a Second Amendment person. I believe in the rights to bear arms. But what I'm talking about is the unwanted guns, the ones that are been modified, and it's no questions asked. So we know some of the guns that get turned in have committed homicide. We want those guns off the street. The ones mm-hmm. that have serial right. numbers that have been grinded scratched down, out. Mm-hmm. scratched out and stuff like that. And you have some old people, maybe the uh, husband died and he she's got these guns in the house and, you know, as a criminal back in the day when I was a criminal, you we would them. we would look for guns. Yeah. We would target elderly yeah. people to take their, their guns and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. I know there's a lot of ex-dentists like me that are out there right, right. now. So we want to get those kind of guns off the street. So I got a call from Steamboat Springs, Colorado, and I was uh, living there for five years when I got kicked out of California. I had, it was to leave California, go to prison, or join the military, and and it was a twofold. That would save my little brother from Mm -hmm. going to prison also. So I left California, I went to Colorado, and I moved up there with my cousin, and then as I left there, they found out that I did this gun buyback, and they said, hey, would you do a drug buyback? a drug uh, take back and I said what are you thinking they said well do you think your skateboard companies would give us skateboards and if we got the whole town involved and uh, the kids would turn in their, their drugs then they would get a skateboard or skateboard shoes or whatever I could get. Right. So we did this a couple of years ago, right after Easter, and we had 55 pounds of opiates, of uh, prescription pills I'm that were saying. turned in. Now, Shut what does that look up. like? Four giant, giant green trash cap, trash can bags full, and we wow. probably had hundreds. And hundreds of kids come and drop off their uh, prescription pills. And the only way I did it is that if the whole town was involved, so we had the doctor, we had the pharmacist, we had the teacher, we had the principal, we had a mom, we had a dad, we had parents, grandparents. Um, Who else did we have? We had the librarian. We had business people there. And we had town hall meetings running up to when we did the uh, drug take back. And so it was so successful, and then we had three big, giant school assemblies, and we had uh, 800 at each school assemblies. Wow. And so we went in and spoke to them what we were doing, and we told all the kids to take a stand with us, because every week, a 17-year-old or under, just like you were talking about, we're overdosing with drugs. And so the whole right. town said, we've had enough, and um, we need to do something about this. So check this out. The doctors came forth and said, we're part of the problem. The pharmacist said, we are part of the pro- problem also, because I could come in and say, Oh, I got a, a hangnail. Oh, let me write you a prescription for an opiate. Right, right. Okay, yeah. and then all of a sudden the doctor writes because he gets a kickback, and he said that, and then the, go on to the uh, prescriptions over at the, uh, you know, right. for the pharmacist and say, yes, I have to you know, give that out, and I'm part of the problem also. Mm. So we started you know, recognizing this, and we had a big turnaround with the death started slowing down they're still happening but not to the extent that was taking place damn dude so we could do these all over america if you're listening it takes a lot of work but how much is a life worth yeah
1: damn
0: that's right it's priceless
2: it's priceless and that's what i always tell people i tell them put up your thumb what's on the bottom it's a fingerprint so you and I, none of us have the same fingerprint that says we're special. And I always tell them, when God made you, he broke the mold. That's absolutely true. We, none of us have the same fingerprint that makes us yeah. special. Yeah. And so I ask them when I show my silver cup, and I said, this is a world championship cup. How much do you think it's worth? And lo- one kid will say, 50 bucks. <laughs> I always start laughing. And then 500, I go, I like you. A million, I like you even better. 100 uh, million, I like you even better. And then somebody says, priceless. Yeah. And then I said, explain what you mean by priceless. And they said, no amount of money is you can place on something that you earned all my broken bones Mm -hmm. all my eight hours a day uh, skating i Mm -hmm. earned that and so you can't put a price on it but for me after three years after i won the world championship i sold it for five hundred dollars worth of dope and i said Mm. what kind of a person what kind of an idiot would do something like that somebody under the influence of drugs Mm, and then i can expand what a drug is and what each drug is designed to do because i own a drug rehab Mm, i love dope so much i bought a drug rehab (laughs) and uh, right now i have about 120 men Mm -hmm. we're state licensed and certified but get to get back to them then i'll have somebody stand up a young kid i'll have them come up and i'll have them hold my cup and i'll ask the audience out of these two right here which one is really priceless Mm. and everybody says the the human being the person right because I can buy another silver cup yeah.
1: yeah I can
2: get another silver cup but you can't get another life you can't get another Dennis another you yeah uh, whoever you just can't get another person like that
1: yeah and
0: mm-hmm. you
2: need to look at life that way
0: mm. so so what oh, what's yeah. in the gap Dennis what what's what's Stopping people from seeing that. What's what's in the way? What's what's slowing this down?
2: Well it's who they hang out with. Okay. You know, tell me who you hang out with and I hang out with you long enough I'm gonna know what you're into. Yeah. yeah. And so it's the same thing inside the prisons. You know, the yeah. biggest thing for the guys in prison, say, you know, I'm worried about what my homeboys are gonna think. Well let me tell you something about your homeboys when I talk to them. None of them care. If they cared, they would help you get ready to prepare to go home, but they want you to do their dirty work. Yeah. So who, mm. who 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 are you a man to? Are you a man to yourself or are you gonna have somebody else? Tell you what to do. That's how I talk to them, mm. and I know they know I'm right. Yeah, you know, and I have every gang member you can think of inside there. Mexican mafia. Uh, you got mm. the uh, Aryan Brotherhood. You got the Crips, the Bloods, the yeah. Skinheads. You got I got every single type of person in there, in every. Pigment color, I want to say race, every pigment color in there. And so I deal with that racism on the inside. You know, we talk about that. I said, you guys get so taught on so much politics that you've been taught this for so long. Now it's time to be untaught. Yeah, Yeah. it's
1: like conditioning 101. It is. I've done some time in prison and it's like, I see you, see like you can see it. I'm I'm sure when you meet with some of these, these cats, you can see that underneath all that facade is a real person. Absolutely. It's just mm-hmm. been conditioned to be this fake. And and, and, and
2: and the community don't even look at this either. They they said, okay, you know, well, he had to come in and stuff like that. Well, how about a friend of mine that was born in Chino State Prison? He's state-raised. He's a real state-raised guy. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was born in Chino State Prison, uh, born addicted to heroin, So what do you think, what chances does that kid have? And we want to place, society wants to place, you know, he's a bad person or whatever like that. And I'm not condoning what these people do. They have to man up, woman up, and own up to what they've done. But look, if you've been brought up in a gang family, and all your siblings and all your uh, friends and everybody's in that style, and they're all getting high, guess what? You hang out with a barber long enough, you're going to get a haircut. Right. And so these guys get sucked into this, and then now they're stuck. And how do you get out?
0: Mm-hmm. And then we
2: have to start digging deep. Where yeah. did it start? Yeah. What were the choices that were made? Right. Now, let's, how would you turn a negative into a positive? And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of hard work, but mm-hmm. we're getting through.
0: Well, it's uh. the deep emotional. I mean, you've got to, I keep, con- someone has to trust you and you have to be able to build that connection deeply so that you can touch someone internally to be able to make that shift. You yeah. Know? Well, we'll talk
2: about a word that's never talked about probably, love. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So a lot of these guys never had that type of love at home. They found love going to the streets for the gangs. Right. And then they found out that that's a facade type of love. Mm -hmm. And all of deep down is like, how come my mom didn't love me? Yeah. How come my dad didn't love me? How come he left? How -hmm. come this or this or this or this? So they don't know really what love is. And so when they see it, it's foreign to them. Mm -hmm. It's uncomfortable because they've never had that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they talk about it. At the end of the night, when we lay our heads down, they Uh, said, that's when I cry. When nobody sees me. Mm -hmm. Because
1: it's a sign of weakness.
0: That's heavy. Yeah, dude. That's heavy, man.
1: Man, this has been an incredible episode. You know... There were so many you said you spoke on so many great things. And what I would ask is before we wrap this up and before we close, for the person that's listening right now, you know, whether it be a kid who's possibly strung out on drugs or messing around with drugs, or maybe it's a a, hurt, a mother or a father of someone who's has a family member or loved one dealing with that, mm-hmm. or someone that is you know, just getting out of prison, you know, maybe on parole, uh, trying to figure life out. What are some words of wisdom that you would give to our listeners right now?
2: Okay, so if you if you're if you're high right now and you want help, go get help don't hide it if you're a parent and you know that your kids uh, on dope and you're afraid what people will think then guess what you're going to allow that substance to take your your, your loved ones out mm. you you, you got to step up like I said again this substance doesn't play fair it doesn't discriminate it don't care who you are it didn't care when I was a world champion it didn't say oh Dennis we better back off off him because he might you know he might do something I did I committed suicide I did I attempted suicide twice and lived through it and most of the people I've known that done that ha- are not alive to this day So mm-hmm. I'm a special case And so if you're listening out there Go out and get help Find somebody that you trust And mm. be honest with them and, and then surround yourself Surround yourself with like-minded people That have your best interests People that are sober uh, Go to the church Go to the uh, boys club uh, Wherever Find mm-hmm. a new way of life You have to change everything about you Here, here was my life I had to rob to get the money to get the dope, to get the needle, to get the hotel room, to get the girl. Now, I just laid out my whole life, so I had to go back and erase every one of those in order to have the freedom that I have today, 21 Mm -hmm. years. September 5th, 1996, 6 a.m. in the morning is when my change took place, Mm -hmm. and I I just celebrated 21 years. And I don't, I say, I got it. Every day, I got to work this program, every single day, all day long, because I know what Dennis is capable of, and I could revert right back out there. But I put my trust in something greater than that. I gave my life to God. I'm not ashamed to tell people. Uh, it works for me. AA, mm-hmm. go to AA. If it works for you, go to NA. Uh, CGA, which is Criminal Gangs Anonymous, is out there. and taking Mm. a storm here in california it's changing the uh, criminal thinking and just changing everything what you have to do you have to live a whole new life this is what we talked about in the very beginning yeah Yeah. you have to live a whole new life and once you get out of that funk you're going to find out that hey man life is good yes it is dude
0: dennis where can our listeners go to find out more about you about what you're up to your organizations how they can support you plug yourself yeah kind of Plug yourself.
2: sdtrainingcenter.org. That's sdtrainingcenter.org or flyingaces.com. Okay. Uh, you can see me on Instagram, DMartinez1904. Um, on Facebook, Dennis Martinez. Uh, cool. There. So, cool. That's it.
1: All right. Well, thanks again for being on the show, man. That was an incredible show. Yeah. I look forward and to it. for those guys listening, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the The Sober Life Life Audio Experience. Awesome.
0: The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history... Taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote. we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.